Okay, well, I wanted to really quick here give you a couple words from the Lord this morning that was uh, really good. First, when I walked in here uh, at the beginning of worship, the room was just full of color. And it's the, uh, you know, that speaks of the promises of God, the rainbow in the sky. And, the, and those colors were being released, okay? They were coming down into the room. And are you hot, Denise? Yeah, she's hot. I'm hot, too. I've been hot all day. I'm getting ready to go to China because they put you in a room and put a mattress over the door and close the windows, and they don't have an air conditioner in there. And it's hot over there as it is here. And so you had to learn how to get real, you know, the fleshy smell that happens. You just have to get used to it. So that's what I'm doing today. I'm not begging for air conditioning. I'm trying to acclimate myself to sweaty ministry. <laughs> that's one of the prices you pay for going to a place like that. Anyways, hallelujah. Uh, let me just say, yeah, the, the promises of God, people in this room have promises over your life. And some of you have lost those promises. You know, the hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream come true, a promise come true is a tree of life. Okay, and the Lord is the tree of life. Okay, that's what it is. And God, the dreams that God has put in your heart, He will be a tree of life about those dreams. He will cause those, those promises to come forth. So I want you, if this morning, if you have promises over your life and you feel like they're, you've lost them or you've given up on them, I want you to lift your hands to the Lord right now, okay, and ask the Lord for those colors to come. The promises, Lord, you see the hands of people. We thank you for that. We thank you that you are releasing the promises, the answer to the promise. Lord, the tree of life coming into hands right now, the fulfillment of all that you put, you have spoken over people's lives. Lord, begin to release it today in the name of Jesus, Lord. And Lord, we thank you, Father, that you placed a rainbow in the sky to remind man of your, your covenant nature that you're a covenant God, that you keep your word, Lord. And we've declared your goodness this morning. We're declaring your word is true over these lives today. Your promises are true, Lord. And so, Lord, we just call you forth to resurrect promises, resurrect dreams today, and cause them to come forth in power by the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, the other thing is... uh uh, this morning, this was before church, but there was a release of anointing oil this morning that the Lord came down on that came down on me, and it's Psalm 23. Okay, uh, He anoints my head with oil. Okay, that's uh, in the in that part of the country. The shepherd would anoint the sheep's head because of the flies. Okay, that would get on the sheep and get into their head and, and drive them nuts. But they would anoint them with this oil. And the oil would drive the flies away or kill the flies even. And flies in the Bible mean lies. Okay, the Beelzebub, the father, the Lord of the flies, the father of lies. And so God wants to anoint people's heads this morning. Okay, the lies that you're believing this morning, God wants to expose those lies and He wants to heal you of those. Okay, that's one thing. And the other thing is those uh, people that lived that lives over there. Those, you ever seen those people, they're out in the desert. You ever wonder about, like, good Lord, they're out in the desert and, and they got all these clothes on. You know, they're completely covered up. Well, they try not to get a suntan. But really, they, they coat their whole body in oil. It helps them to stay cool in that climate over there, which is pretty amazing to be able to stay cool in the desert. They co- it seem, everything seems opposite. And I saw the, what I did when I was starting getting this oil uh, spontaneously I anointed myself with it. I anointed my whole body with it. I just was putting it all over my ears and my eyes for, for a fresh anointing on my life, okay, and a refreshment to me, okay? So anybody needing a fresh anointing, a, f- a refreshment, just lift your hands up to the Lord because that oil is here, man. I'm telling you, that oil is available for you right now. Lord, we just release the oil of heaven right now. That Jesus Christ, that Bible says Jesus is anointed with the oil of joy above his fellows. We're his fellows. He's above us. And the reason he's anointed above us is to release it down on us. So, Lord, we just call forth that oil from, that's all over Christ. That's all over the Lord Jesus. 
that you would release it on people in this room today. Release it on their souls. Release it on their hearts. Lord, release it on business people in this room. They get a freshness on their business. Release it on people who do ministry this morning. Lord, people who serve children, people who raise children. Lord, we ask you to release it right now in the name of Jesus. And there, there would be a fresh anointing in your life for whatever God's put you on this earth for. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Okay, the last thing I wanted to tell you, are y'all good still? The last thing, this happened uh, during the Friday night worship, is I saw a beehive, okay? And these were, these bees were from heaven. They weren't, you know, bees can be bad things. Uh, But these were from heaven, and they were busy making honey. I mean, really busy, man. And I saw these huge honeycombs, and they were... They were, and in, in the Bible, honey speaks of revelation, okay? God wants to release revelation to people, okay? I really see that clearly. In whatever area of life you're in, one of the things I saw was seeing Friday night really strong was revelation about your children, okay? The ability to look into your child's heart and see your child's heart and see who they are, who God says they are, and be able to speak those things to your child and call for not what you think because you may think there should be a you know a, a, a doctor and they may have a calling to be a, a fireman you know I'm seriously and you could speak forth their, their destiny just another thing that's going to happen to some people this happens to me quite often and at first I thought man what is wrong with me Lord then I realized it was the Lord is I will see something wrote down okay a sign or something somebody something I'm reading in a book or a magazine or an article and I will read it and then I'll realize that is not what that's not what those words are saying. In other words, I'm reading something that's not written, but what the Lord showed me was what you're reading is you're reading the motive behind those words. You're seeing what the heart is behind those words. And that's really a great thing to have. Because there's some things that look good on the surface, okay, but behind them is a wickedness, okay, and it's, and it's and God really wants to give us the ability to see through things, and see the truth of what's really going on around us, Amen. And that's what revelation will give you. It'll give you the ability to see something that's true. It's like the lights turned on. There's darkness, and the lights turned on. You got? Do y'all get that? And when you're reading the Bible, it doesn't really... We need the revelation of the Lord when we read the Bible. You know, it doesn't do you a whole lot of good, really. I mean, I think reading the Bible is an awesome thing to do. I do it regardless, but the things that change my life is when God turns the light on in the Scripture and shows me what it really means. And God wants to do that for people. So this morning, I want you to raise your hand one more time if you'd like just to receive revelation. Receive some of that honey from heaven for whatever you need it for. Uh, if you know that there's specific areas you feel like you need revelation, ask the Lord to give it to you for those specific areas. But also ask Him to give it to you for areas that you don't know about. Father, we just thank you for revelation. Thank you that those angelic bees have been hard working hard on our behalf, Lord, creating revelation that wants to drip down into our life and refresh us and lighten our eyes, Lord, for whatever, Lord, and lighten our ears, Lord, for whatever you have for us for for the children, Lord, for our callings, for our businesses, for our homes, for our nation, Lord. We ask you to do that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Isn't the Lord good? The Lord wants people to know what's really going on in the world. He wants us to know when we hear people talking the truth behind those words, when we hear, you know, government officials speaking, that we can discern not 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 our political thought, but the thought that God says that. This is really what's going on here. And, and when he shows us stuff like that, it's not for criticism, it's not for judgment, it's for prayer. It's for prayer and making wise decisions for yourself. Amen? Don't, don't be a critical person. A lot of people who get prophetic stuff are critical. I'm just going to be honest with you. They get real critical and they say things they shouldn't say. Well, they're getting something that's true, but they're saying bad stuff. And what happens is those words bind them because the Lord doesn't appreciate criticism, because the Lord loves everybody. And so if, we, if you look into a person, and the Lord lets you see into a person's heart, and you see something there that's bad, it's for prayer and encouragement. 
and building them up and, and praying that God would help them, not to, not to drag them down because of their, their apparent weaknesses. Amen? Well, I wanted to talk to you uh, about the kingdom of God, and I wanted to tell you something about there's four aspects of the kingdom of God that are in the New Testament that I've seen. There's probably a, a, a lot more, but these are the ones that I, I've seen four aspects of the kingdom, and I wanted to tell you what they were, and then I want to talk about the first one just briefly. Um, the first one is the preparation of the kingdom, okay? And John the Baptist is the person in the Bible that that, that reveals kingdom preparation. It says in Matthew 3.3, 3, for this is he who was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. So, and then you'll notice that it was a voice crying in the wilderness. So preparation is the first revelation of the kingdom in the New Testament. The second revelation of the kingdom in the New Testament is, is the manifestation of the kingdom and, of course, that was the Lord Himself. When Jesus came, He was a manifestation of the kingdom of God. And, and nobody has reached that point yet that Christ represents in terms of the kingdom. But I will say this. The church on the earth, the body of Christ on the earth is destined. We are destined to, to fully represent Christ, represent Him be, because we are His body. And there will become a day when the church will be without spot or blemish on the earth and the body of Christ, not, not some great preacher or whatever, but the body of Christ will represent Christ on the earth. And we will do the works that Jesus did. And even greater works, John fourteen twelve says. I know that's a stretch for people. I always say, if I could just do the works, you know, I'd be happy. But the Bible's what was shared with us last night is an above and beyond word. There's something even greater. So we will see the body of Christ in, in, a, in a generation that will fully manifest the kingdom of God on earth. Uh, the next one is, the third is the impartation of the kingdom. And that's what Jesus did with the disciples, is He imparted Himself to them. Okay? He imparted Himself. And that's really... You know, if you ever have any interest in doing ministry, your ministry will be effective when you're able to release what God has put in you. Okay? You can be a good teacher and a good communicator, but the truth is it'll, it'll just be pleasant to ears, but the hearts of people will never be changed and impacted until you are able to dig down into your spirit and release what's in you, what God has placed inside of you. And so that's what Jesus was doing. He was imparting himself to those disciples, and that's how they began to, to learn how to f operate in the kingdom. And then the last one, of course, is the demonstration of the kingdom, which the book of Acts is sort of focused on the demonstration. So there's the, the, the preparation, the manifest, manifestation, there's the impartation, and there is the demonstration. Now what I wanted to do is tell you this morning about I have three examples, I'm going to just do two of them because I can't bear the, and I'm sure there's many about the preparation of the kingdom. In other words, if you and I are going to access the kingdom and consistently walk in the kingdom of God, this is, going to, this is for every Christian. Every Christian will walk through this. Every Christian, if, if we want to be, you know, have the authority, have the power of the Lord, and who doesn't, right? If you don't this morning, let me just haul off. Man, I would just slap you if I could. If, if it was legal, I would just slap you into reality. You need power. You need power and spiritual authority in your life to be able to deal with your life and deal with what's going on around you. If you want this, then you're going to have to go through some things with the Lord. Okay, and one of my, the first example, and I've, I've got, like I said, I've got three. There's probably many of them, but these are the three that I know that God has revealed in my life and revealed to me. Um, this is one from the life of John the Baptist, okay? And let's look at Matthew eleven two through 6. And it says in verse 2, And when John had, had heard in prison, so this is, I just want to bring this point out. The first thing we hear about John is in, in the wilderness. That's the beginning of his ministry. He was in the wilderness. The end of his ministry, he's in prison. <laughs> Glory. Right. That's the truth. Huh? 
That's a rough, you know. <laughs> Woo, Lord have mercy, right? We think we got it bad. We didn't start out in the wilderness somewhere, right? And we ain't wound up in prison yet, Lord willing. When he heard about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples, and he said to him, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? Jesus answered, now this is, this is what we have to get, okay? Uh, and if you can get this, this will set you free. Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things which you see and hear. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Okay, everything Jesus said there, he covered in Luke 4 when he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, heal broken hearts, open blind eyes, open prison doors. That's the one thing he didn't say, okay? Because the guy asking was in prison. Now, I want you to put yourself in John's place. You had revelation about Jesus, okay? You said he's the Lamb of God. You see that. You witness his miracles. In fact, some of your disciples leave your church. Some of his disciples left his church and went to Jesus' church, right? You know, and he declared in John 3, he must increase, I must decrease. I'm not even, unwor- I'm not even worthy to, to get down and, and untie his sandal. You know, that's, that's what he said. And so, but, so here he is knowing that Jesus, part of Jesus' calling and part of his ministry was to free people from prison. And there he is, sitting in prison, and he's wondering, where is this guy that I know is the Son of God? Where is he? Why is he not freeing me from prison? You ever had that thought? You know, why is he not freeing me from prison? And Jesus told his disciples all these awesome things he was doing. Okay, that's what he said. And so this is what we had to learn. This is, Jesus is telling us the secret here. He's, saying, he's telling us all these awesome things he's doing, but then he says these, these terrible words, and blessed is he who is not offended because of me. So here's, here's the thing about this. There's going to be a time in all people's lives, everybody, we've all went through this already. If you haven't, you will. There's going to come a day when Jesus is not going to answer your prayer. He's not going to get you out of the situation. He's not going to do for you what you believe he should do. Okay? Now, that's just... And here's the thing that I hear over and over from people. I'm talking people that are just young in the Lord to people who are old in the Lord. There's always this attitude where people want to be upset with the Lord when the Lord doesn't do for them what they know he's supposed to do. Listen, it was his job assignment to open prison doors, right? That was part of what he did. Yet he wouldn't open the prison door for John. And so John's struggling with this thought. Do y'all know, have you been there? Who hadn't been there? You're struggling with the thought, is why isn't the Lord doing this for me? He's supposed to do it. In fact, he, he's doing it for everybody else. He's healing these people. He's doing all these things. But for me, he's not doing this. And so Jesus said, listen, you need to be careful when you're in that place. Because you are close to, if you get offended at me, because I'm not doing what you think I should do, even if you can take Bible verses and put them in front of me and say, this is what the Bible says, I'm still not obligated to do those things. Okay? Are y'all following this? And so I think this is one of the greatest stumbling blocks for believers is this offense that they get towards the Lord. They're mad at the Lord. They're upset with the Lord. They have offense. One of the signs is they get offended with everybody else that God is blessing. You know what I'm talking about. Have you ever been there where God wasn't blessing your life and the person next to you was really being blessed and you're mad at them because of what something God's doing for them? Well, tell the truth now. If you have it, then something ain't right with you. You're not normal. That's what people do. That's what human beings do. Okay? But see what Jesus said. This is what you've got to do. This, he gave us the answer. You've got to focus not on what God's not doing for you. You've got to focus on what God is doing. Period. Not even in your life. Period. He's saying, listen, go tell. This is the answer for John. People are being healed. Lames are being walked. The gospel is being preached to the poor. And by the way, John, don't be mad that I'm not getting you out of prison, even though I'm, that's part of what I do. Don't be mad, because if you're mad, it's going to mess you up. 
If you are offended with the Lord, you are failing something. You're, gonna, you're disabling your ability. You have the kingdom, but you're disabling your ability to access the kingdom of God and all the power in the kingdom of God. It's a stumbling block for people. And one of the scriptures that I was thinking about this morning was in Hebrews 11. Y'all know what the hall of faith is in Hebrews where it talks about all these people that did all this stuff, you know, stop mouth, the mouth of lions. They did all this awesome stuff. Abraham and Moses and David. And, and even the writer said, I can't, I can't just go on and on forever telling the stories of victories that these people have. But in verse 35 of Hebrews 11, he begins to make a little shift. He did finish, I'll tell you the one thing. Women received their dead raised to life again. Isn't that powerful? But then he says this. Others were tortured. Tortured. This was in the hall of faith. They were tortured. We're talking about believers. We're talking about people of faith. They were tortured. Oh, listen, American Christians really have a hard time with this part of Hebrews 11. We, we love the first part, but we, don't, we want to ignore this. I'll tell you, I, I, I don't even care about this. Why don't we erase this from the Bible if we could? But we can't. Not accepting deliverance that, that they might attain a better resurrection. Still others had a trial of mockings and scourgings. That's beatings. Yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sown in two. Were tempted. Were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins. Being destitute. We're talking about people of God. I know this is messing with your theology, but that's not my problem. That's your problem. It's, it's in the Bible. I know, well, that was people in the Old Testament. It's the hall of faith. If we're going to throw these out, we've got to throw Abraham out. We've got to throw David out. We've got to throw Moses out. You can't pick and choose. You can't say, well, I'm going to like that, but I'm going to reject that. No, the Lord says, no, you take it all. Receive it all. They wandered about, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts, mountains, and dens. In caves of the earth. That's the part of Christianity we don't love. The part of Christianity is when Jesus doesn't come get us out of jail. When we pray for someone and they pass away. Nobody loves that. When we pray for somebody who's sick and they don't get well. Nobody loves that. But it's a part of Christianity that we have to face. If we're going to be kingdom people. Because a lot of people get offended at the Lord and they back off and they quit praying for the sick. They quit believing God. They quit having dreams. They quit dreaming in God. They become an offended person. And it's a danger. Let me read uh, Luke 24, 10 through 14. This is Jesus talking about the signs of the time at the end. Listen to this. And then, verse 10, many will be offended. Many will be offended. You see, there's this spirit out there that wants to get you into offense. And I see many Christians have gotten offended with the Lord in the past few years. Okay? Many will be offended. And then they're going to start betraying one another. You want to get in a church sometimes and know when things are going bad is when people are messed up with God because God ain't doing what they want them to do. And they start beating each other up and biting at each other, being bad to each other. Many will betray one another, and they will hate one another. That's strong words, hate. There will be many fraud. Then, many false prophets. See, when you start that stuff, let me tell you, you open the door for the false anointing to come. When you start this critical thing, when you start this hate thing, when you start this offense thing in your life, you open the door for yourself, for, for, for the false prophetic to come. People worry about the being deceived. Here's what you don't worry about. Here, worry about yourself. Don't be critical. Don't be offended when the Lord doesn't do that. That'll protect you. Are y'all okay? And because lawlessness will abound, see, it's this downhill spiral. The love of many will grow cold. The love of many. See, this is what happens when the Lord doesn't do what we want Him to do. We become offended. Ultimately, our love for the Lord starts becoming diminished. This is a great message, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I, I know it sounds sort of negative, but it's the truth. It's our truth. It's the truth that we need to, we need to get a hold of in our lives for ourselves. The love of many will grow. I have seen people, Christian people, offended at the Lord because He 
of a relationship that broke up or they didn't get the person they wanted. And over a period of time, their passion for the Lord slowly died. You know, who was the most precious person to them at one point became sort of a, an option in their life. God became an option of many things. It's a sad thing. But then Jesus said, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. I will not come in on that one. But then I love this, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached. In other words, there are going to be people that are going to preach the gospel of the kingdom. They're not going to allow disappointments, discouragement, and offense to keep them, to hold them back from the gospel of the kingdom. Y'all just looking at me real serious. It's going to be preached as a witness of the whole, all nations, and then the end will come. Isn't that wonderful? It really is wonderful. So this morning, one of the things the Lord wants to do is come after some of you offended people, that you're offended with the Lord about something in your life. And one of the things the Lord's doing right now is He is He's trying to unravel your spirit from your soul. That's because what happened at the fall, the soul became dominant in a person's life. When you get saved, your spirit's born again, but your soul still has domination over you. Okay? And it's like your soul and spirit are all twisted up. And that's how your spirit actually gets defiled. It's because your soul is defiling it. And what God wants to do is unravel that, where your spirit can begin to, with, with, along with the Holy Spirit, begin to control your life. And see, God's doing that in people's lives right now. When we talk about the healing of the soul, what He's really doing is unraveling your soul from your spirit and going after those hurts and disappointments in, in the realm of your soul. And that's really something the Holy Spirit needs to do in our lives, every one of us. There's not a person in this room that doesn't got something in your soul that's some pain in your life. And it's, and it's binding you up spiritually. And when you begin to get that... And you begin to acknowledge what's really going on inside of you. That's where freedom comes. That's when you can begin to get free of these things. And so I really encourage you to do that because pride will keep God from being able to do what He wants to do in your life. And if we're offended at the Lord, we have an issue with pride. Because we thank God, we, we can... See, God in the end, at the end of the day doesn't owe us an explanation. He didn't give John the Baptist an explanation on why he didn't deliver him. He just said, don't be offended. I mean, you'll be blessed if you, don't, if you don't take offense that I'm not setting you free. You're going to have to live the rest of your life, which wasn't long, with the, without understanding why God didn't do what John thought he should have done. And I, I can see that I can see where John's at. I can put myself in that and say, "Yeah, I, I got that. I've been where you're at. God, this is what you say you do. Well, you're not doing it for me. In fact, you're doing opposite. You're letting the world fall down around me. And I had to make a decision: Am I going to be offended to the Lord, mad at Him, or am I going to make a decision in my heart, Lord? You know what? I don't understand this, but I do know one thing." I I wouldn't even be here if you wouldn't have saved me. So I'd already been dead years ago. So I'm everything's gravy for me in my life. Everything's gravy. It's been gravy since the '70s. I mean, you know, because I shouldn't even be alive. Wow. All right, I'm going to do the other one. Uh, it's called, and I call this the paradox of weakness. This is lovely. <laughs> I wanted to read Matthew five three. It says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Notice it says, that's, you know, of all the nine Beatitudes. I've talked about this before, but the nine Beatitudes, this is the one that promises us the kingdom. All the others promise us something else, like blessed are the merciful, they shall retain mercy. They're all awesome. But this is the one that says, you'll have the kingdom. You'll possess the kingdom. The kingdom, you'll, you'll come into this, this revelation of the kingdom of God in your life, and it will be something real to you. That's the blessing of this, this beatitude. But I, I want to tell you about being poor in spirit because it's probably one of the most difficult areas in my 
life. Be, um, let me just give you a simple definition of being poor in spirit. Being poor in spirit is being conscious of your need of God. That's all it is. It means nothing else. It means that you are aware within yourself and within your life that you have a desperate need for God. Not that you're desperate for God, but that if God, you always need Him. You never wake up a day in your life where you don't have a need of God. And, and so that's really powerful. It can really impact your life if you can really get this because it'll cause, the, it'll cause heaven to work in your life. Uh, Paul said this. This is how Paul, actually Paul didn't say it. He wrote it down. Jesus said it to Paul. This is how Jesus said the same thing to Paul. Power is perfected in weakness. Power is, that's Jesus, go read your Bible, it's, got, it's in red. I always attribute that to Paul. You know, well, Paul said power is perfected in weakness. Paul didn't say that. Jesus told Paul, and Paul just said, and he wrote it, in, it's actually in red there in 2 Corinthians, if you have a red letter Bible. Yeah, power is perfected in weakness. Okay, now here, let's, let's all get real here about weakness this morning. Do you think... Paul's revelation of weakness was a pleasant, it was a pleasant journey to come into being weak. I, listen, I hate weakness. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. That poor in spirit thing and having a need, I don't really care for it on any day. But I've, I've come to realize something in my life. Okay? I've come to realize that the thing that I thought was a liability to me called weakness, fragileness, turn out to be one of the greatest assets that God has given me. You know, I never wanted people to see that I was weak. I was afraid for people to see that I was weak because I equated weakness with failure. Okay? I equated being... See, the church loves strong. We want strong, strong, strong. Heaven loves weak, weak, weak. Okay? Only thing that the Lord loves, the heaven loves strong in spirit. But as far as us, weak, weak, weak. We need, we need, we, we need to be in need. You know, people who, you know, this old thing, when the Lord really moves and there's a, re, a new revival that happens in the land, this is a saying, I think it's true. Um, the people in the last revival reject the new revival. And why do they reject it? Because they became the experts on how God moved and how God worked. And so God brings a new move, and He's not doing it the old way. The old guys and gals say, that can't be the Lord because we know how God moves. We were in a move of God, and this is not the way God moves. It's, you can study every revival. And some of the great, Andrew Murray, can I tell you about Andrew Murray? A lot of y'all know about Andrew Murray. South African man wrote some amazing books on abiding in Christ. Prayed for years for revival to come to his nation. Andrew Murray did. The revival broke out. He went to the meeting and said, this is not God. That was Andrew Murray. This is not because Andrew Murray was an expert in how God moved. Now, fortunately, Andrew Murray humbled himself. And when he humbled himself, he saw that it was God. And see, a lot of people won't humble themselves. You know, I found that the Lord moves the most at River Life. Is, I'm not talking about me personally, but when there's humility. When you're willing to be foolish, when you're willing to look foolish, God, I don't know why, but He just somehow has attracted the people who are willing to get low. That's what being poor in spirit is. It's being willing to not have the answers. That's, and God's attracted to us. Heaven is attracted to the people who don't have answers. That's why a lot of people who know the Bible real well don't have God. They just know a lot of stuff from the Bible, and they can quote you stuff and tell you stuff, but the truth is, is there's nothing happening in their life. In fact, if they would tell the truth, there's corrosion inside their hearts. Are y'all just looking at me like y'all believe this? this? This don't sound mean, does it? I'm just trying to really tell you the truth here this morning. If you, if you really want God to move in your life and do something in your life, okay, you, you need, we need to all become, I need to, I need to. I need to be poor in spirit. I need to be conscious 
of my need of God. I need to embrace weakness. And unfortunately, God has forced me into embracing weakness. You know, it's like he didn't, like, well, you can do that or you can just not have me around you like you want. But if you will embrace weakness, I will be around you because I love people who embrace weaknesses. You know, the Pharisees in the Scripture, knew, they, were, they, they knew, probably knew the Bible better than any group of people in entire human history. Okay? Yet, Jesus said, look, what the Bible says about the Messiah is standing right in front of you and you can't see Him because you know so much. If you would be willing to humble yourself, you could see the Messiah. And that's what, and he never seems to quit saying that. Let me read Luke 9, 1 through 3. This is how the Lord finally spoke to me about this problem that I have about weakness. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons. Isn't that cool? Would you like to have power and authority over all demons? Guess what? You do. Every Christian does over all demons. Unless you have some kind of unrepented of, unconfessed sin operating in your life, then they have access to you. So if you want to get rid of demons in your life, take care of that. You take care of that, then you can deal with them. And to cure diseases. They had power and authority to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and heal the sick. That was awesome. Isn't that awesome? Don't you love that? Don't you rejoice in that? Don't you like, oh God, that's what we're looking for. We want all this power and authority. We want to be able to heal all these people that are sick, these babies, these children. Lord, we want to heal the mentally disabled. We want to clear hospitals out. God, we want this to be a healing center where people could walk in the door and worship and they would be healed and delivered of demons and sicknesses and cancers could never even come near this place. Every alcoholic would be instantly delivered. Every drug addict would fall on their face before God. Would we not love that? And I think God would love that. But then he said, this is what you're supposed to do. This is how you're going to do it. Take nothing for your journey. You ever thought about that? What the heck take nothing for your journey? Neither staff nor bag nor bread nor money. And do not have two tunics apiece. In other words, don't even bring a suitcase to China. And no money. Just trust me. And I was asking the Lord about that one day, about this. Lord, this just doesn't make a bit of sense to me in the world. Because nobody's doing that. I mean, if they were, I would say they were probably dumb. I'm taking some food with me. I'm taking some money with me. I'm going to go to restaurants and eat while I'm there. I'm not going to trust that somebody's going to feed me. In fact, I would prefer they didn't feed me. Because I've ate some homemade food over there, and I didn't really care for it. In fact, I act like I was eating it, and I really wasn't. I just was faking it. I know how to fake it. When I was a kid, I used, my daddy made me eat stuff I didn't like. I knew how to fake eating. They had this food, man. It was, it was bad. And they were so happy to feed us. Though. I couldn't, like, nah, I'm not hungry. I had to really be nice about it. But I was on the verge of throwing up the whole time. You know, let me just get this in my mouth and then take the Kleenex and wipe my mouth with the food out of my mouth. But, huh? Yeah. Anyways. Jesus really didn't send these people out empty-handed. He gave them great power and great authority. But he did send them where they'd have a need. I don't think Jesus was trying to come up with some heavenly protocol for all future mission trips. No, he was trying to teach them this thing about being poor in spirit. He was trying to teach them, listen, you, the power of God is cloaked in a fragile vessel, a human need. 
we have this ideal that the message of the kingdom, as awesome as it is, should match some idealistic life where you don't have no problems, you don't have no failures, you have all the money you need, you're well, you don't even need glasses, your teeth are beautiful, you got a head full of hair. I mean, literally, we think that. Because I can remember as a young, immature Christian sitting in the meeting and hearing these powerful men preach that wore glasses. And I thought, well, if that's so powerful, why you got glasses on then? Literally thought that. And that's why. Because God cloaks His power in weaknesses and need. And we need to begin to embrace that in our life. And I'm telling you, it's been really hard on me because I feel, I have felt humiliated in my life because I feel like I've been in such need in my life. I felt like I didn't, you know, I had all these things going in my life, and I felt like it was disqualifying me. And the Lord kept telling me, no, that really is what qualifies you. You are a broken vessel. You are a jar of clay. You got cracks in you. You got leaks in you. you and you're going to have that from the time you're born to the time they bury you. We have this treasure in an earthen vessel. That's what Paul was trying to say. And you're always going to be an earthen vessel. You're always going to have weaknesses and needs in your life. God has so designed us that way. And when we begin to embrace the Lord in those weaknesses, I think that's when His power can really begin to flow in people's lives. Two people. One said it was good and one said it was right. Of course, I've had the opportunity to be thinking about this for several years now. <laughs> let, me give me, let me just say this. One day Jesus was tired and thirsty. Jesus was tired and thirsty. Read John 4. And a woman came, and the next thing you know, there was a revival in that city. It started with a tired and thirsty man that said, I'm, Will you help me? Give me a drink of water. He didn't come with all the answers. He didn't come with all the glory. He came thirsty and tired. And the next thing you know, the entire town is saved. You know, Paul started churches all over, all over the Roman Empire. And when he showed it in Corinth, he said, I came to you in fear and trembling. That's Paul. And so I think that's one of the things that God wants to tell us this morning. Because... Well, that's what he's been telling me, so I don't have anything else to say, really. <laughs> I'm telling you what he's been telling me. But I want to encourage all y'all. This is an encouragement, I hope, because, because when I look at you, I see some weaknesses. I don't know about y'all. I mean, I know I see some of me, but I'm looking at you guys, and I see, I see some failures out there. I see some people, it didn't work out that good for you. I see you made some mistakes and thinking God didn't do what you thought he was going to do. You know, and you need to be jumping up and rejoicing and say, hallelujah, thank God. I'm a clay vessel. That's normal. That's what God wanted from the start. He even did the first missionary journey to make sure, listen, you're going to go out with greater power and authority, but you're going to be hungry, boy. You're going to need somebody to take care of you. You're going to need somebody to feed you and give a bed for you. I'm not going to let you go out where you have everything because if you do, you will look down on the majority of people in this world. You won't better look them square in the eye. You won't better look them and look at the hurt in their eyes and say, I know that hurt because I live in that hurt. He walked in that hurt. He knows what it feels like to hurt. That's why he can look us square in the eyes and say, I understand how you feel. I understand what it feels like to be thirsty and tired. I understand when you, somebody real close to you deserts you and betrays you. I understand that. I understand it when everybody forsakes you. And you feel like you failed at everything. And God wants us to be those kind of people. But He has the power. And we have that power in us. And I believe that power can get released when we begin to see ourselves right as, as these earthen vessels. We're not trying to perfect our earthen vessel. We're trying to let the life of Christ come through us. 
and His power to come through us, through this broken person, this person of failure, this person who didn't do it all right. Yet He says, that qualified you. It didn't disqualify you. And I think God wants people to know that's what being prepared, that's what releases us. So two things. One is the offense thing. You've got to get that. If you're, if you're sitting in that jailhouse this morning and you're saying, Lord, I thought you set captives free. I thought you healed people. I, I thought you healed broken hearts. My heart's been broke for years. If you're sitting there, the Lord said, you know what? You're going to be really blessed and happy if you don't get offended about this. That's what he said. You're going to be really blessed and happy. It's a good, it's, there's some good things coming your way. And if you feel bad about yourself and all the messes in your life and how things didn't work out, you are, like Paul said, like Jesus said, power. Power is perfected in your failed, weak state. Paul, you couldn't get rid of that demon. You failed. Think about that. Don't you think about that? Paul, we preach Paul. We preach the Paul that we preach the gospel that Paul preaches, and these demons jump on these guys and beat the fool out of them, strip them naked, seven of them, run them out of the house. And that same demons, if Paul showed up, they'd run, run for the hills. Yet he had some failure. I'm, I'm hoping this is a liberating message for y'all. I hope this is a healing message for you. So why don't we just stand up and ask the Lord to to do what Jesus does. Woo, thank you, Lord. Yeah, amen. Lord, today, Lord, we are celebrating our weaknesses. Something that is totally something we don't want to do. Totally anti-intuitive, Lord. Anybody got any needs in the room this morning? Raise your hand. You got some needs. Well, I want to congratulate you this morning. Congratulations. Listen, you're a human being and you need to embrace your humanness. You need to embrace your humanness. You need to embrace your weaknesses and failure. You need to embrace it and say, Lord, I'm a human being. That's how you created us. Just embrace that and that's where God can begin to work in your life. He can begin to release power in your life. Instead of trying to hide Hide yourself from your own flesh and hide yourself from, from your past or hide yourself from what you feel like is not measuring up. Don't do that no more. Don't do it no more. Just embrace. Embrace the weakness. Just embrace the weakness in your life. Lord, I fail my kids. I mean, that's the most, one of the hardest days to face in your life as a parent. The Lord says embrace it. Embrace it. Because that very failure can cause my power to come forth. Lord, I failed that ministry. I failed those people. Embrace it. I made a wrong decision. Embrace it. Lord, I had a moral, moral failure. Embrace me. Embrace me. You don't have to live in that. The Lord really wants to free people. Be free to be in need. Because then He can do something in your life. Lord, we ask You, Lord, we really want You to come today and help us, Lord. Because, Lord, we are poor in spirit today. We have needs in our life. We have physical needs. Some of us have gotten old and our body aches. That's a weakness, Lord. Lord, some of us, things haven't worked for us, Lord. Our life didn't work out. That's a need, Lord. That's a weakness, Lord. We're, we're saying, Lord, we want to humble ourselves to you. We're not denying it no more. We're not denying, Lord, our failures, our, our lacks, Lord. We're not denying it. Lord, some of us are, have been offended at you, Lord. We're not going to deny it. We're going to get it right with you. We're going to make a choice today to focus on all the awesome things you've done. That you saved me and you saved my children. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, 
I just pray, I pray for every person in this room, I pray you'd reveal yourself to them. And let them hear, hear this, not just with their natural ears, but hear it with their hearts. Hear it with their souls, Lord. And I pray that you would make the separation that's needed, that's binding us, the thing that binds us, Lord, that you would clearly reveal that to, to us today. If, if this pride of any kind, any kind of pride, spiritual pride, natural pride, if you will let the Lord show you that and just acknowledge it to Him, it says He gives grace to the humble. He will grace your life. Lord, for those unanswered questions that we have individually, corporately, Lord, we're making a decision today that we're not going to be offended at You. Lord, we are going to leave people. We're going to leave our failed ministries. We're going to leave even our own personal past in the arms of Christ. That's what we're going to do today. I want to encourage you, if you if you can do that right now, if you can put that in put that in his arms, whatever it is for you, I think his hands are wide open to you. Right now. Just just give it to him. Just I'm giving it to you, Lord. Whatever it is. And let him have it. Okay, you want to say it? Without taking away what the Lord is doing, I just have this strong impression in my heart that as you embrace your weaknesses and whatever is going on in your heart, that you will taste and see the goodness of the Lord. And some of you will taste it and see it this week. Just um, just felt this song was for this ministry time. We can just lift it on back up with the volume. Just, um, but We want the ministry team to come up. The Lord is doing something right now. And I want you to respond to him. You know, I just feel like this, I'm feeling this morning, you know, this, this is a door. It's a gate. Humility, weakness is the gate to the kingdom. And I just think we all need to embrace that this morning before the Lord. So I just want you to come and anything you're needing to give to the Lord this morning, you're just anything, just let this ministry team pray and agree with you. Otherwise, you can stay in your seat. And let the Lord just deal with your hearts and we'll just dismiss you right now. But please be sensitive to the work of the Holy Spirit in the room. So, amen.